0: Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Equality in Business podcast, our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics to prepare them for entering the professional world. My name is Joana Clement, and I'm a first-year international student at Catholic Lisbon. In today's episode, we will talk about uh, social entrepreneurship, a driving force for social change and business innovation, creating compelling ventures that align both profit and impact. I have the great pleasure to be here today with our guest, Federico Fezes Vital. Federico is the CEO of Junior Achievement Portugal since 2017, Europe's largest provider of education programmes. He's also the founder of Terra dos Sonhos, and was for nine years a uh, principal dreamer and uh, chief executive dreamer, Terra dos Sonhos, NGO that focuses on emotional health. Moreover, Friedrich is a professor of um, social entrepreneurship at Catholic Lisbon and a keynote speaker for in- social entrepreneurship. Impact, sustainability, education and emotional health. In 2009, Frederico received the Citizenship Award by Radio Club Português. And in 2011, his project was recognized as a high-potential social entrepreneurship project by the map of social innovation and entrepreneurship developed by IES Social Business School and IPAV. A very warm welcome to you, Frederico, and thank you for being here with us today.
1: Hi, hi. Nice to be here.
0: (laughs) Uh, We would like to start with our little ritual. At the end of each podcast episode, our guests ask a question related to equality to our next guest. In our last episode, we spoke with uh, Araceli from Sweden about uh, gender equality and parenthood in her own country. Um, The question Araceli left for you, Federico, was what is important to push equality and business forward?
1: Okay, so thank you Araceli for your question. It's a very relevant and important question and a very difficult one to answer, but I'll try to be brief and straight to the point. Well, um, in my point of view, what is necessary is to understand that uh, hierarchies are part of the way as human beings, uh, I mean, all living beings, by the way, organize and structure themselves. Um, Having said this, the main criteria for organizing our societal hierarchies are merit and humanity. Hierarchies, public hierarchies, companies or the way we organize ourselves in communities should value and reward merit and should also bring humanity into their decision-making processes. And should also address the matter of equality as an effort to provide equal opportunities to all, regardless of gender, race, economic status or beliefs, based only on the best possible judgment of someone's or some groups of of people's personal and professional achievements. But I would say that the key word here is humanity, which for me in this context means not only working on looking to everyone the same way, but also treating them with the dignity, respect, and solidarity, which we all wish to see in our houses, in our families, neighborhoods, and communities. I hope I answered the question.
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I also believe that the key word is humanity. Um, let's move on. We 1st we'd like to... To get to know you a little bit better, Federico, uh, you describe yourself as uh, obsessed with impact and positive change and focus on doing more and becoming a better kind of person, which sounds truly inspiring. Where does this passion and mindset come from? Did you always know you wanted to work in the field of uh, social enterprises?
1: Well, I think from many places, and of course, as in all cases of human beings, Um, our backgrounds and our education are key. I lived in a family, well, I didn't live with with my parents. Uh, I lived with my grandparents. And actually, I was kind of, you know, a little brother of my uncles and aunties. And so I grew up in an um, adult environment. And I think that was very important for my development as a person and uh, to, to the development of my personality because uh, I think I got, uh, you know, very big responsibilities since I was a very little person. And, and this gave me the conscience that everything we do, everything we decide, every option we make has an impact on people around you, okay? So this was, I think, one of the main traits of personality That came from my experience uh, in my in my childhood, Uh, and then when I became a teenager, uh, of course, uh, as all teenagers, we dream a lot about uh, a lot of things. But there was one thing that that I knew uh, I wanted, Uh, and and this thing was to be relevant. Um, I always felt I had a kind of a sense of mission inside me that um, that I felt very strongly. Uh, it was not a certainty, okay? It was kind of a feeling, but it, it, it always was very present uh, on me. Um, but, of course, I changed my views many times in my life, just like a successful entrepreneurship venture typically does by integrating the learnings we get from the way we do stuff and the results we get from it. Also, I think that all of us are, by definition, many things. In some moments of our life cycle, we are more on one side of us and sometimes we we change for many reasons. And that is absolutely okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with changing our minds. That's part of the evolution process. Uh, if we stagnate, we die, right? So, But what's important is that any shift on our path should at least imply some reflection and also respect for the way our changes and decisions will affect people around us and our environment and ecosystem. So answering your question, uh, no, I didn't know since I was a child, I wanted to be a social entrepreneur, of course. I was not one of those who have always known what they wanted to be. But one thing is true, like I said before, Since I was a teen, I knew that I had some kind of mission and that this mission would necessarily imply um, disrupting some traditional trade-offs coming from the status quo of society. Um, I always had the spirit of transforming the world around me, and I always knew I would do many different things in my life and be involved in many different experiences. This I knew for sure. Or better saying, well... I felt it inside, like I said. The knowledge coming from my intuition and not from my absolute uh, rational certainty of anything. But the, but the how the how this would happen, um, I, all, I always sense that life would be much more adventurous and rewarding if we just let ourselves go with the flow instead of pre-planning everything. Like some people stubbornly insist on trying to do. I mean... I think we all agree that uh, that life surprises us so many times with unexpected outcomes that it would be almost naive to keep on believing that we can actually control life.
0: So let's now deep dive into today's topic of social entrepreneurship. I guess we all came across this topic a couple of times during our lives, uh, during our studies and also due to its rising popularity. However, it would still be very interesting to hear from an expert like you how you would define social entrepreneurship and why you choose to become a social entrepreneur yourself.
1: Okay, another good question. And um, maybe I will start by answering the last part of the question. Uh, Why did I choose to become a social entrepreneur? Well, actually, I didn't choose to become a social entrepreneur. I understood later that I was one. Um, and there was a certain moment in my life where something was missing and I decided to develop a project that uh, was more focused on creating value for other people than creating value for myself. Um, meaning I was not so concerned about getting recognition status, um, you know, earning big wages. But I was more in need of having a sense of purpose in my life, so I started Tech of the Showings, which is, you know, the project i That that was my maybe my entrance door to this world of social entrepreneurship. But it was only when I when I had um, a participation in a um, in a program called INSEAD Social Entrepreneurship Program. And INSEAD is a big university in Europe, in France, in Fontainebleau. And they had this program that was, um, you know, targeted to leaders of uh, social projects or impact projects. At the time, we didn't talk so much about impact. Uh, We talk more now about impact and social innovation, but it was basically a program meant to develop uh some skills on leaders of social or organizations or impact ventures and this program uh was actually designed by insat but it was designed inside insat uh, the professor that designed this program was Philippe santos and Philippe santos is now the dean of catholic lisbon so uh, life is really funny and <laughs> And back in 2011, when I did this program, uh, I I heard for the first time the expression social entrepreneurship and social entrepreneur. Uh, And I'm, you know, before that, uh, I had four years of managing my own project. So it took me four years to understand that I was actually a social entrepreneur and the sense of belonging with a tribe of people that were equally motivated to solve some societal problems that are being effectively, um, not effectively actually tackled by governments, companies and social organizations, Uh, it's it's a great feeling to have. I mean, uh, uh, suddenly I understood that I was not the crazy one who was trying to make dreams come true and trying to change the world. There were a bunch of people in the world doing this uh, in several ways. And social entrepreneurs have the additional advantage uh, of integrating the different sectors of economy, governments, companies, and social organizations uh, in the design process of the innovative societal solutions they look for. And this captivated me since the beginning. And I just fell in love with this you know, poetic, but also very pragmatic and conscient approach to the needs of our collectiveness. And to answer the, the first part of your question, how would I define social entrepreneurship? Well, that's a big question. But I, maybe I can tell you that our, there are some characteristics that may help you to understand if a certain initiative is uh, an initiative that involves social entrepreneurship or not. And the characteristics are, first, the mission the sense of mission. Mission is key to social entrepreneurship initiatives and it's the center, the bullseye of every uh, decision-making process that a social entrepreneur implements. This sense of doing something bigger than yourself, okay? The sense that you are uh, creating uh, possibilities, new possibilities for uh, something that goes beyond you, beyond yourself. The second point is empowerment. Um, Social entrepreneurs don't worry in finding solutions to keep them controlled under their arms. They want to create capacities. They want to involve their beneficiaries. They want to involve their targets and build this capacity for them to solve their own problems. So a typical social entrepreneurship initiative includes the design of some features, some activities that guarantee that in the future, uh, the beneficiaries of your initiative will be able to solve their own problems. And this is also key in a social entrepreneurship initiative. The other point is, of course, innovation. It's a constant... Um, focus on creating additional value, not only for the beneficiaries, but for the society uh, society as a whole. Benefits that weren't there before. And for this, of course, which is uh, another, I think, very important key element of this kind of initiatives is the need to develop your skill to um, create empathy and bring empathy into the core of your action. I mean, being on the feet of your beneficiaries is key for having actual social innovation, because if you don't understand what they think, what they do, how they feel um, regarding the societal problems that we're facing, well, empowerment is not possible because you don't know the actual flaws and the actual lacks of uh value that they have in their lives another point is of course scalability of the project this is true for traditional entrepreneurship initiatives as it is in social entrepreneurship initiatives but i would say that scalability is in every uh social entrepreneurship initiative um and if we think about traditional entrepreneurship initiatives that is not necessarily the case because you can choose To have a small initiative, you know, a familiar business or something like that. Well, when we talk about social entrepreneurs, the ambition is always to have more and more impact, to change positively the lives of people. Um, But also because the world needs, you know, scalability. Uh, Problems are are getting more complex. Uh, We have new problems arising from the information and tech society we live in. And we need to do more and we need to do faster in getting the solutions we need. Um, what, one other element is sustainability, okay? Not only economic, because, of course, every initiative needs to have a balance between resources and costs in order to maintain the project running in time. But, of course, uh, in the case of uh, social entrepreneurship initiatives, normally the transformation that you need to do in the world takes a long time. So sustainability is really key, but also because uh, environmental um, sustainability and the health of the ecosystem in which you act uh, is a part of a solution. So you also have to have in mind the sustainability of the ecosystems you operate in. And finally, of course, I would say that impact is kind of an uh, obsession of social entrepreneurs and when i talk about impact impact is a big word and it's used either in a business context a traditional business context or a social entrepreneurship context but in the social entrepreneurship case uh i think that we understand impact as a real tangible positive transformation of a certain contexts in society or uh, uh, a positive change in behaviours of certain segments uh, or groups uh, in those societies.
0: Thank you for your uh, big and clear answer. And uh, bearing in mind what you told me before, you have always been changing your mind for what you want to do in the future. And uh, that's actually a problem for us students and like um, I am the example. I don't know yet what I'm going to do in the future, so it's good. Uh, that you gave us the keywords to define social entrepreneurship, so that we have kind of a, uh, a notion about what is it.
1: Yeah, you can always talk to me in other contexts, you know. But the thing is, <laughs> uh, about about that topic, the interesting thing is that we, you know, we have a lot of anxiety in certain moments of our lives, like when you turn, when you come from secondary schools, and you have to decide. What is the course you're going to take? And when you finish university, you struggle a lot to understand what are you going to do in life. But the good, the good news is uh, there's no need to have that anxiety, okay? I have a law degree. I was a lawyer for two years. I then worked in a big corporation. I then was an entrepreneur. I had seven initiatives. I'm now a social entrepreneur, a professor, and I've been changing all my life. And now finally I understand, well, I understood it a couple of years ago, uh, like more than a couple of years (laughs) ago, like 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago, that there's no need for that anxiety because life is dynamic and you should enjoy the process and enjoy, you know, the, 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 the traveling itself.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like, uh, I believe that a small percentage of people uh, think about being like, for example, a doctor and then they became a doctor for the whole life uh, because other people like think about something, then change their mind, they change our job. So I totally uh, understand what you are saying. Then according to Deloitte, organizations are increasingly judged on the basis of their uh, relationship with their workers their customers and their communities as well as their impact on society at large. What do social enterprises do that is unique? And another question, why do they succeed in addressing profound social problems in areas where governments, markets and charities are failing?
1: Well, uh, social entrepreneurs, well, basically they are free from the chains of profit. In the sense that Social entrepreneurs don't need to get rich. That is not their goal, typically, okay? They have a strong vision of positive change in some parts of the society and on the society's flaws and challenges. And they basically dedicate their lives to follow this purpose. And that, that's kind of their emotional salary, their emotional wage, which they won't bargain. The minute it disappears, the minute they shift their direction in life. Of course that they need to assure their basic needs and their minimum level of comfort. They have families, I mean, they have responsibilities and they want to, to have a good life. Everyone does. Some may even make a lot of money and be well paid for what they do. And that is perfectly okay. And in in a certain kind of way, it's, it's good to happen, you know? Profit and wealth are not demons. It's good that people have the opportunity to enjoy life and living in a market economy, money is key to achieve this. But because social entrepreneurs are not so focused on making money just for making money, their creativity, their imagination goes much beyond what would be considered as normal. On one hand, they see all around them as resources available in order to achieve change they want to implement and this is this is a very this is a very big focus uh, which is exactly the opposite of what happens in traditional entrepreneurial ventures where business owners try at all costs to keep the control of their resources and try to find the ultimate idea the ultimate resource in order to protect it from anyone else well social entrepreneurs because they are aware that the only way they can actually make a significant change in the world is by understanding that societal problems are complex and therefore they need the collaboration of many, I would say the collaboration of all, and the sharing of common and limited resources, they are pretty much open to consider every person as a possible ally and every resource as an efficient way of provoking provoking positive change. And the reason they succeed, or better saying, I mean, when they succeed the most is when they can put this in practice by working with different agents of different economic sectors and being able of bringing them together with their different responsibilities and resources in order to implement a mission or change with a common vision. Because we are a system, we can't stop finding solutions for the system's problems without... We can start finding the solutions for the system's problems without calling the whole system and working on the pain points and the leverage points of every agent in the system. That's how complex societal problems are. And that is why social entrepreneurships and social entrepreneurs are important. Their drive and passion, they, they break prejudices and traditional barriers, like for instance, the concept of competition. Um, In the traditional marketplaces, everyone who is doing something similar to what you're doing is uh, a competitor. And the strategy is either to eliminate the competitor or absorb him. In social entrepreneurial ventures, everyone who is doing well, anything to solve a societal problem that you as a social entrepreneur are also tackling is a possible ally or an opportunity to create additional value by complementing each other's value proposition. The true competitors of social entrepreneurs are people and organizations who are creating more negative impact in society than they are creating positive impact. And I think this difference between uh, social entrepreneurs and traditional Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs is key to you know, I, I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it necessarily success, but it's key to understand why social entrepreneurs are having more and more relevance in the in the current context of economy we are living, where we need more collaboration and less you know um, hiding the resources, hiding the concepts, uh, struggling only for yourself.
0: thank you for your answer. Like that's the, um, there is a common sentence that we usually say that do what you like and you will never have to work in life because like business is no longer just about uh, making money. Um, And Deloitte goes on to add that 86% of millions think that business success should be measured in terms of more than just uh, financial performance. I would like to know what is in your opinion the role of social entrepreneurs in shaping our society in the future?
1: Well, uh, social entrepreneurs uh, started to exist, well, at least in the present comprehension of this concept, because there were many social entrepreneurs in the history of humanity. They just weren't called social entrepreneurs then. I mean, Jesus Christ was a great social entrepreneur, right? So, (laughs) but the concept we have of social entrepreneurs now is a group of extremely auto-motivated and purposeful people that move forward innovative solutions. And when I say innovative solutions, I mean more effective and or efficient solutions for societal problems than the dominant and alternative ones that are already being put in place. Well, for some of the major problems, actually, we've been facing for the last 15 to 20 years, that's the, the, you know, the dominant concept of social entrepreneur. But what we have been learning during this period of 15 to 20 years is that social entrepreneurship is much more a process than an identity that distinguishes a group of people from other groups. It's much more about visions, drives, uh, personal drives, and most of all, processes of thinking, designing, and decision-making. A process where impact is in the centre of all, and where businesses work at the same time, of course, with the support and the active engagement of publics, uh, of public um, entities and social organisations. Uh, but businesses work at the same time as a dynamo for you know the acceleration of wealth and well-being in economy and as a central leverage point for creating better outcomes in the healing process of nations and the world societies. So the good news is that everyone can use this vision, this personal drive, and this process in their specific context, regardless where they work or in what type of organization. Therefore, and to answer your question, I think the two major trends that I believe will be mainstream in the next 10 to 20 years period are, well, first, I think that every business is necessarily going to be social in the sense that all will have a double bottom line. On one hand, a profit that generates labor, wealth and well-being, and, and on the other hand, positive impact in the communities and countries where the business operates. There is no turning back, in my opinion, on this process because, first, Unfortunately, the societal problems are getting more complex and news, new, new ones are popping up also due to the globalization and tech and info society we're living in. Secondly, consumers and citizens in general are more informed, more conscient, and more demanding in what regards the need for businesses to, have, to behave ethically and with purpose, respecting the ecosystem of people and nature around them. Around them. And the second trend, I think it's going to be mainstream, is that societal problems will necessarily need to be solved with system thinking and system practice approach. So, in a global world, the solutions for the challenges uh, society faces have also to be more and more global, in the sense that every agent, every cluster of a specific social system have to find ways to work together towards tackling those challenges. Entrepreneurs will be more and more systemspreneurs as they move from a point where they try to mitigate or solve negative impacts of a specific societal problem to another point where they are the catalysts of change, assuming the responsibility of calling, organizing, and designing frameworks that allow the collective intelligence to arise. I'm an optimist but I'm also practical and realistic and this foresight that I now bring to you uh, believe me it's not based on wishful thinking but on the observation of what is already happening and the most well-known indicator of this is the UN's framework of the SDGs the sustainable development goals that is every day being more and more in the bullseye of the agendas of companies and governments so my instructed faith is that we are definitely giving the necessary steps, but we just need to push it a bit more because the clock is running.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, yes, but by your answer, I believe that it is a little bit difficult to be categorical in this question because the role of social entrepreneurs is, like, growing, as you were saying, like, uh, most companies are going to... Um, yet even more social. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Um, so, moving on to a part of your career that is uh, particularly interesting to me, what uh, led you to create Terra dos Sonhos?
1: Okay, first, first maybe I, I'll shortly explain what is Terra dos Sonhos. Right. So, Terra dos Sonhos is the project I created in 2007. And it's basically my first, uh, in, in my first um, experience of this world of impact and impact ventures. Uh, although at the time, as I told you before, I didn't know it was an impact venture or a social entrepreneurship venture. But uh, it's <laughs> basically an organization that I created in two, 2007, of course, with a group of people because there are nothing that we can do alone. Although we can be catalysts, but in the end, we need to have a team. And I gathered a group of people that wanted to work on emotional health because we believed that emotional health was a key point uh, for society as a whole, especially certain parts of the society that had uh, specific emotional issues that needed to be, um, you know, uh, targeted and, and tackled. And we decided to focus on families that had children with severe illnesses, uh, life-threatening diseases and work the emotional health of those families. And from there go to them to create more awareness in society about the need to, to, you know, to incentivize the prioritization of emotional health in your life. Having said this, how did I get there? Well, somehow after all the experiences I had being a lawyer, you know, working for a big company, being a traditional entrepreneur, there was a time in my life, I was around 32 years old, I think, 32 33, where I felt that I was doing all of this, but I was only focused um, in myself. And at the end of the day, when I woke up, I was working only for myself. Either it was for my recognition in society. Or the ambition of you know uh, getting more and more knowledge and my positioning in the group, or getting more financial status, getting more comforts, getting more wealth, and something inside me, and I think that came actually from my you know teenager sense of mission, <laughs> told me that this, this wasn't this wasn't enough. I, I had to bring something else to my life. And I did an introspective process, I think, that led me to understand that purpose, meaning um, the ability to develop initiatives not only focused on your own value, but also to create value for others, was what led me to to create um, Terre de Choings. And actually, it was very funny because... Terra de Sonhos proved to be my own personal laboratory. And I thought that, I thought what? at the time when I created Terra de Sonhos, I thought that I was creating Terra de Sonhos, but actually Terra de Sonhos created me. At least this version of me as I am today, having no purpose in whatever I may be doing in the future and no positive impact around me, it's just not possible anymore. And I will be willing to sacrifice many things in order to make this way, um, I mean to make this way way of living the way I will live until the end of my days on this planet. And this was all due to terror the showing. So it's it's funny how sometimes in life, we think that we are creating something for others. and well, I actually did because Terra the showing is still running and and even you know more more strong than before. But the truth is that Terra do Showing Us, the project itself, created a new Frederico, a, a new way of looking at life. And, and yes. this is amazing.
0: Yes, it is totally amazing. It was inspirational uh, the way you felt that it wasn't enough what you were doing, which was actually like a lot, you know, but uh, you felt like the <laughs> uh, that it was missing something to do for the other. So, wow. Amazing, um, then based on your own experience as a principal dreamer and chief executive dreamer of the O, Terra dos uh, By the way, two names that are great and very very yeah. appealing. What were some difficulties you faced and uh, how did you manage to overcome them? Wow,
1: there, there were a lot, of, a lot of challenges when I started Terra dos The first was explaining to my family and friends that I was living a secure career uh, with a financial, you know, projection of success to earn less and to develop a project that I didn't uh, knew uh, how is, if it was going to work. So that was the personal, the difficult part of the, of the, you know, of the process. But once I did, did that, of course, developing the project, I had many challenges. The first was getting the seed funding. And getting the seed funding for, you know, to kick off the project is always a problem when we talk about entrepreneurship, either it, it, is it social or, or uh, traditional entrepreneurship. But when you're talking about traditional entrepreneurship, well, you, normally you're going to sell a product or service in the market. And if you do it well um, and properly, uh, well, at least you know that you're going to get some revenue streams coming from selling your product or service. But when we talk about a nonprofit that is selling emotional health, how do you monetize emotional health? How do you create a value proposition that people understand to a level that they are willing to invest in you? So seed funding was surely a problem. And the way I overcame it was basically by, um, activating my closest, uh, personal networks. You know, friends, families, people uh, with whom I, I've worked before. They were all called to participate in the seed funding, and that w- that's what we call, um, that's what we call in social entrepreneurship, the attitude of bootstrapping. Right? Uh, bootstrapping means that you have to reduce the costs uh, at the minimum level possible and try to leverage all the available options for getting resources you have, being that in the kickoff of of a project, this personal support network is very important and we call it FFF, Triple F, -F, which is basically Family, Fools and Friends, right? So this was one of the the main challenges. And once the project was running, we had other challenges. Of course, sustainability is always a challenge for organizations that are non-profit and that have sometimes not so tangible um, outcomes in their in their. Um, Let's call them businesses, because it's it's a business in the sense that we have a system of activities projected and designed to have a result. Um, And and it's always a challenge to keep the resources coming in order to keep the process going enough time to have an impact in society. Because the changes we're trying to do here, they're long-term changes. And we are always concerned about the short-term viability. And this is very difficult to, to put in place. Uh, but we managed to do it basically by diversifying the revenue streams and adopting an hybrid model, which at the same time tried to sell some impact of the actions we were deploying in the field, but also tried to uh um use all the resources we have to have additional revenue streams, like you know, fundraising events uh donations uh, reducing costs with volunteer work pro bono services that we outsourced in activities that were not key to deliver the mission but were a support activities to the mission and so on and so forth um, another challenge i had and i think i'm going to finish here it was a personal challenge and and it was learning to deal with all the suffering around me in a positive way and keeping the focus on my vision and uh, keeping my mind focused on the final transformation. I saw happening in the future of the society, but that actually while I was doing it, I had to, you know, to face a lot of negative, um, energies coming from the problems that people actually have in their daily lives. And, that was really a hard process for me to integrate this and to transform this kind of suffering of the families that I dealt with in in points that I could use to do more uh, and better.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you for your for your answer. Um, it was good to see how you managed to find a solution uh, by reducing costs with um, uh, with inviting your friends and your family. Uh, which make you, like, not uh, spending so much. And then the the last difficulty you said regarding uh, what other people were trying to uh, say regarding what you were doing that was not the same what you were thinking. Uh, well, that's... In life, we always have to deal with those people that believe in, in, in other ways, and uh, we know that it is not difficult when we are trying to to have something new in this case it, it was a company um moving on many of our listeners are young business students probably still uh deciding on which in- industry and company they want to work for or if they should found a company maybe a social enterprise themselves what kind of advice would you like to give these students and we actually have told have. uh uh talk yes you yes we we already
1: been been through this a bit, but maybe I will add some something else, so first of all, don't get too anxious, okay, don't get too anxious. Life is an iterative process itself, you know you go with the flow, you just follow a, a lot of your intuition, don't rationalize it too much. Don't try to plan too much your life because as I said before, don't be naive, you know, life has always a bigger plan for us. And that's what I truly believe. So why getting anxious before time? So this is the first internal process. Okay. It's an internal dialogue that you need to have with yourselves, I think. And the earlier you do it, the earlier you will, um, basically, um, Allow um, different opportunities to appear in your life. So this is a very in- interesting point, which is we always focus our decisions on everything that is external to us, and we depend a lot of on the on the feedback we have from everything that is external, and we tend mainly in the beginning of our work lives to hear more about what other people say than what. We ourselves say to ourselves, and this is really important to to do um, uh, a work on our internal dialogues and 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 understand what is actually what makes you feel good. I mean, what makes you feel um, you know useful and what gives you belonging, what doesn't um, allow you to um, become um, isolated from other people uh, in life, so this is the first one. The second one, of course is do your homework, do your research, uh, do your benchmark, try to understand the better you can uh, how is uh, life running in your country? but now that that we we are living globally, also expand your horizons, go beyond your country don 't stay too attached to your little context, if I may say. So, I mean, we have the opportunity as never in the humanity history to have access to information about what's going on in the whole world. Why not use it? So this is the second point. The third is um, value experience. What, what does this mean? I mean, um, learn by doing. Learn by risking, learn by taking risks, you know, travel. But when you travel, don't worry only about having fun. Uh, Worry about understanding how other cultures work. Uh, Worry about understanding um, about what's happening in other countries, in other geographical contexts, understand how countries interact between themselves. Uh, Learn by doing also in trying several things. You don't need to take, you know, um, definitive decision today. You can change your mind along the process. Okay, so this is the third one. Uh, Learn by doing, risk, and, you know, go through the process. That will be the best way to find out in the end what you really want to do. And there's no hurry, okay? Life is not to be, life is not to be lived <laughs> as as you know a train a train that if you don't get you miss your opportunity. It's not like that. You have a lot of opportunities. <laughs> okay, so um, um, to end, I think is focus on getting the most out of the process, enjoy and have fun. Because if not, I mean, what's the point, right?
0: Yes totally. Uh, thank you for your words. I actually took notes yeah. from what you were saying <laughs> uh, from my phone, and uh, you said something that it is now much easier to uh, research for, for things like by internet and even when we travel, uh, just not having fun, but also thinking about for uh, future job opportunities. So uh, thank welcome. you so much Then, uh, we are now researching the end of today podcast. Uh, episode, before we say goodbye to you, you, Frederico, we would like you to take part in our ritual and ask a question that you would like to see answered by our next podcast. Okay, I think this is a a
1: pretty good ritual, actually. And I was struggling a bit because um, of course you told me this in advance, so I've been thinking about this question. And I, I think I have a simple question which is a question that um, basically takes us to a point where we need to think about what we're doing. And the question is, what have you done today to make your community or your country a better place to live in? Wow,
0: okay. Good, a very good question. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and uh, inspiring insights. It was a real pleasure having you here with us today. Our next episode will be online on the 6th of April. Feel free to always <clears throat> reach out to us on our social media accounts. You will find us under the name Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Looking forward to talk to you in two weeks and until then, stay healthy Thank you so and much. Safe. Hmm. <laughs>